you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. This movie, album, or band, you don't understand. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Don't Understand. Back again. You can't keep us down. We're always coming back to talk about bird love. <laughs> That's right. We played Hotful Boyfriend this week, a game unlike any other, I think it's safe to say, for a number of reasons. And I am so hyped to get into this. I can't wait, but I should say the premise of the show first. I forgot how to do it, so I didn't do it till now. The premise of the show is that somebody, in this case me, brings a piece of media that they deeply love and make people who don't know anything about it consume it and rate it. I'm Tom Harrison. I'm your host. With me, who's with me? Uh, Erica Price, longtime uh, not-understander of things <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. And uh, Eric Ruel, uh, former co-host and original OG uh, producer, yeah. helper of the skewer and you don't understand. Yeah, Eric Ruel, the, the key to it all. Back again. And I'm so glad to have you. Not only because I love, you know, doing projects with you and having you on the show, but because I know, I, I have like a, like a jewel in my mind, I know for a fact that you played Hot Tofu Boyfriend. And that, <laughs> ooh, it makes my life better to just be like, er, like Eric has that now. Right. And I, I gave that gift to him. Right. And we've given each other a lot of gifts through both The Skewer and You Don't Understand. Yeah. From Triple X all the way until Hot Tofu Boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, for real, like, the fact that I now... The fact that I've seen Triple and I'm a Triple X fan has like enriched me so much, and that's all you. And I'm so glad to have finally returned the favor in a real way. Yes, I'm excited to talk about it and yes. all the bird puns that we can possibly think of mm -hmm. in an hour. And er Erica, you are an academic and can thus bring a critical eye to this great piece of, in oh, of yeah. good media. Yeah, let's talk about the motifs. <laughs> Or symbolism. Probably more likely we're all just going to goof on the birds. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I mentioned birds. I should explain what Hotful Boyfriend is. Just give you a little high-level overview and why I like it and why I chose to share it with my good buds here today. Hotful Boyfriend is uh, a type of video game known as a visual novel. Uh, where mostly it's still images of characters and a text box explaining what they say. It is very much uh, non-interactive, except for a few uh, instances where you have to make a choice. Generally, like, what are you going to say to someone? Are you going to make a decision about where to go? Are you going to make a decision about who to hang out with? But mostly, it's like reading a book, hence visual novel. And the specific type of visual novel that Hatsuful Boyfriend is is a dating simulator where you play as an eligible young teen girl and you go to a school full of uh, eligible young teen boys and you just want to make a nice boyfriend and you know go out and have a good time meet a nice guy grow close uh except the twist is that in Hatoful Boyfriend you are a human and uh, literally every other character is a bird <laughs> it's it's really good. And 
this is this is one of those instances of something that happens a lot where there's a piece of Japanese culture that's so fucking bizarre that people like to point to it as like, look at how weird the Japanese are. Can you believe how goofy, like, can you believe how crazy they are? But like, the fact is that in Japanese culture, uh, that piece of media is like understood to be like bonkers. Right. It's like, no, that's, okay. that's fucked up. Like, they know it's fucked up. They're not like, it's cool to date birds. They're like, oh my God, a bird game? Hilarious. Uh, what makes Hatavo Boyfriend so good is that it knows it's the game about birds. It knows it's funny. It knows it's a goof. But then it takes that joke so seriously, it never uh, it never takes the easy route of, it's just a joke, don't worry about it. There is a world constructed that makes it make sense that you're dating birds, and it's given to you very slowly, just little pieces, little hints here and there that make it feel lived in and real. And thus, the fact, the more you get into it, the less the joke becomes a joke, which makes the joke great. And without getting too much more into it, because we'll get to that later, that is why I love Hatiful Boyfriend and why I decided to share it with these buds. Also because uh, after I finished it, I was like, that was one of the top five video games I've played, bar fucking none. So you guys, let's start with you, Erica. When... You were first informed that uh, I was going to make you play Hotful Boyfriend for this show. What was your thoughts? Um, I was excited because I do really like uh, visual novel style games. And I thought it was going to be a kind of goofy dating sim kind of like uh, Dream Daddy or something like that. Where like it's very like pretty surface level that mm -hmm. dating the birds is the thing that makes it unique. That that's the goof. Um, so I thought I was just going to have, like, a lovely, silly time uh, making friends with some birds, uh, which as a, like, like a closet furry, mm -hmm. I was really into <laughs> <laughs> So you were just 100% a, a positive. You were like, give me the birds. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be a cute, nice time. Uh-huh. And I was into it. Okay. And, and you were expecting exactly what was on the tin. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just wholesome, silly bird friendship and romance. <laughs> Listener, you may notice that those were leading questions. I'll get to why midway through the episode. Uh, Eric. Yes. Same question. What were your thoughts on Hotful Boyfriend prior to getting started? So this is a game that you've talked about in the past and around me with other people. And there's not been a lot that's been given. And the secrecy around the game was uh, very present even before, like, we decided that we were going to do this. Yeah. So um, the only thing I really knew about it is that it was a dating simulator with birds. The fact that you call it a visual novel is not a concept that, like, I had heard mm -hmm. and makes a lot of sense now, but also not games that I typically play. And mm -hmm. so um, similarly, I was just thinking about a nice, uh, you know, building relationships with birds. Maybe <laughs> something would come of it, but... I really had no expectations, and the fact that it was a part of a larger story was complicated to me at first, and is one of the reasons why I reached out to you probably um, a week or two after we decided that we were going to do this, asking, like, am I playing the right <laughs> game? <laughs> is there some kind of malware in this game? Right, right. Like, I was afraid I'd paid ten bucks for the game, and I was like, I might have downloaded the wrong thing. What was, it that, what was the, the inciting incident for that thought? Because by the time that I had gotten far enough into the game, um, 
there it didn't seem like there was any like intentional romance like mm-hmm. it was all very natural and like the way that you chose your decisions but it wasn't like um you were sitting down on a game show which is originally kind of what i was thinking is oh. that it was like some game show and you were trying to like you know discern what birds to to fall in love with Oh, okay. Oh, like a real like dating game. Yeah. Like the well, show. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. You know, the panel is on one side and like you're on the other and you get to ask the pigeons questions. God. That would yeah. be a good spin-off yeah. for this game, actually. Yeah. So really that's what I had in my mind, but the fact that this was taking place at a high school for birds. Um, and I had to si- decide like what organization I was gonna join yeah, and what hobby. Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, I might have made a mistake. Uh, I'm not sure. So that's why I reached out and you were like, yeah. rest assured, everything's fine. You're on the right track. Yeah, and I you, was like, you, okay, okay. You wrote to me something like, yeah, am I playing the right game? I was going to high school and joined the student council and then I died. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's it. You got it. Okay. <laughs> just keep at it. Yeah. And just, I never considered that, I mean, dating sim can legitimately be tra- be like taken as like oh like the dating game so i should make it clear to the listeners in case you thought that like no no you're you're living through a semester not a semester three semesters yeah. at saint pigeonations a pigeon academy where you are the only human student and the most splendid something school by the pigeon for yeah, the, the pigeon, pigeon. <laughs> yeah the most yeah and there's like a little pigeon icon that that uh <laughs> that is on the front and you're just going through a normal year you join a club you go to classes and you go to you know the tanabata festival you uh spend your summer vacation at a summer job you do a normal year of high school and in the process you're gonna grow close to a bird and uh or a few birds or few birds uh and you're either going to uh have an ending to your gear where you have grown close to the bird it's not always romance you're, you're not always like in a couple at the end but it, there's always closure uh or if you don't grow close enough to a bird you're killed yeah by the hawk party yep right <laughs> um. and that is also one of the first like really like hitting you in the head with a shovel inklings that things are fucked up in this world you get mm-hmm. more subtle ones along your first playthrough where you're like wait what why right. am i living in a cave like yeah, and shit yeah. like that and at that point that's when i texted tom i was like i've just died in a <laughs> dating simulator what is going on it's i love the also the failure screen for when you die it's got like a grim reaper with the bird skull and yeah. like in all caps it says like what a shame your adventure had to end this way with a bunch of exclamation points and, and it's it, like your inventory iphone 4s right. snacks halberd <laughs> and it and at no point do you use the iphone in the game at no point do you like add inventory yeah <laughs> So yeah. it's all very confusing. But you do have stats like in an RPG. Sure. And that's and that was charisma. And that was another thing. It was like I didn't know where to start um building certain either wisdom, charisma, strength. I didn't I really I thought know. that was going to be useless. So when that ended up yeah. being useful in the game, which we can get to, but yeah. <laughs> that blew my mind. I mean, the usefulness is limited, but like it does like there's a a lot of this game tricks you into thinking that there's a lot more to the game aspect than there is. Like, there's a holiday called Legumentines, where you can buy a certain type of bean and give it to your boyfriend as, like, uh, you know, it's, your valen- yeah, it's a Valentine's, but yeah. with birds who eat beans. And, like, each bird has a different reaction to each bean. So you think, oh my god, I have to pick the bean that 
matches their personality so they like me more. Actually, no, it has absolutely no effect whatsoever on the, on the game at all. But a lot of times, like, small decisions do matter, mm -hmm. including yeah. just, like, how you react to Okasa and just, like, saying something that makes no sense. So it's, yep. it's funny how the game really nests, nests important decisions <laughs> in, and then also, like, hits you in the head with, like, unimportant decisions, which okay. is just more mindfuckery. And so, just to give you an idea of how the game works, you are going through these uh, years at your, at your high school, and it's your sophomore year every time, uh, and generally a playthrough takes about half an hour. If you use the fast-forward button to skip stuff you've already seen, it gets about ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, and every playthrough will end with you being with one of the birds. So why don't we go through who these birds are? We got... Uh, sh should I just do this all, or do we want to like take turns? We can like add on to your descriptions yeah. if we okay. have anything. So I'll be I'll be very general then, and you can add in the uh, the details and editorializing. Mm -hmm. uh, so first of all, we got Ryuta Kawara, who is a rock dove, better known as a pigeon, like the one on the street, uh, who is the main character, who is uh, whatever name you want, but the main character is usually named Hiyoko. Uh, Ryuta is Hiyoko's best friend. And they met, you find out, maybe we shouldn't get into the, the backstory too much, but you do find out that they've been friends for kind of a long time, and Ryota has a sick mom, and which also kind of emerges over the mm -hmm. course of his plotline. Yeah, and the, uh, the next bird you meet is Sakuya Labelle Shiragane, a fantail pigeon who is a noble Frenchman. Right. Very uh, French. I yeah. guess you would say, has a lot of very strong opinions about the lower class. Mm -hmm. um, Openly disdainful of Japan. snooty, snooty yeah. bitch. Snooty bird. Yep, and uh, his half-brother is also going to the school, much to his chagrin, Yuya Sakazaki, who is also a fantail pigeon. Yeah, and he's kind of that classic anime trope of, like, kind of the attractive... Mm -hmm. uh, upperclassman who's kind of like flirtatious and a little bit like assertive and mysterious. Also, is Yuya bi because there's one point where he says I'm the, like, looks like I'm, I'm the top. straight in love most of the time. And also yeah. he says like, it looks like I'm the talk of the boys as well as the girls. Not that I mind. Yeah, yeah. I think him and Shu are implied to be right. bi, which, yes. love that. Okay, uh, the next bird you meet uh, is Okosan who is a dove, the only thing he says is, Koo! Uh, which is subtitled with, you know, words. Right. But what? he is saying Koo all, uh, all the time. And uh, he is he's a track and field star. Yeah. He's flighty. He gets into a lot of skirmishes between the other birds. And so the main character has, has to decide what side um, they're going to go on. Mm -hmm. And he often gets into very emotional states uh, uh Triggered by his feelings on pudding. Yeah. He's always in search for the true pudding. Yeah. And he's based on the game developer's actual pet bird, I learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you learn that? Uh, TV tropes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, it's, it's real tough to find information about Hatomoa, the creator and writer of this game. Uh, I don't think there are any pictures of them. I don't know if they are a man, woman, non-binary, or other. Um... But, I don't know. They have a Tumblr, have... though. Really? Yeah. Which Does it have? Oh, uh, 153 or Jesus something Christ. like that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anyway, and they also own birds. Yeah. Uh, there is your uh, teacher, your math teacher and homeroom teacher, Kazawaki Nanaki, who is a, uh, a quail, who has a problem falling asleep a lot. Yeah. But then, doesn't at other times. 
Yeah. Yeah. That I never like. I think why he's like that. I in think, the reveal is kind of unclear. Ultimately, I Ooh. think it's. I think it has something to do with the bleach. Okay. The bleaching. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he bleaches his feathers, which is foreshadowed in a moment that you would never peg as significant. No. Um, which is really the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> there is the school doctor, Shu Iwamine, a big, poofy partridge. Oh my god, and this bird is thick. Like the, <laughs> I love the look of this bird. <laughs> He's like this little little dumpling. Yeah, oh. very Robin-esque, but also very plump and happy. And he was my, I don't know, very, he was my most favorite, um, one of my most favorite characters. Really? Yeah, he's yeah. very foreboding and creepy, but then it's this beautiful plump bird that's like right. yeah. that you, doing these creepy things. Like it's pretty, it's kind of openly implied that he murders students. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, the talk around the school that Dr. Shu is is up to nefarious things in mm -hmm. his lab, lab. And if you confront him on it, uh, he, like, plays with you and doesn't deny it and goes, ho, 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 and leaves you feeling worse. <laughs> I also, uh, another thing we didn't mention is that when these characters first get introduced, you also get, like, an anime portrait of their human equivalent. Uh, just I, so you get a sense of who's hot. I mean, all of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, sorry. I, I started out doing that, but then I, like, just stopped because I felt like the birds themselves were more important. Like, it was almost <laughs> like a lesson in birds, mm. like, mm. how to, how to know what, what bird they were, yeah. um, and so I tried tried focusing more on the birds and the characters themselves. Yeah, usually these I, I agree with you there that eventually you don't need to see the people; you see them as the birds they are. <laughs> right. But the only one who disappointed me was Shu's portrait. He was so much like the anime like smart guy with like mm -hmm. that sharp long face and the thin glasses, and like that's not like he's plump. He's right. a plump guy. Yeah. yeah. Not who I saw when I first imagined the character of Shu. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continuing on, we have Nageki Fujishiro, a ghost. Yes, but you don't know that right away. You just think he's like a, a goth who hangs out in the library a lot mm -hmm. and is morose. Yeah, my own boy's a ghost for sure. Um, and uh, our final two characters are characters that you kind of have to go out of your way to uh, interact with very much. One is Azami Koshiba a sparrow who is in a biker gang. Yep, and she's the only female you can kind of romance or have a romantic plot line with. Or at least some kind of, you know, you end up, you can end up with her. Yeah, she basically. has endings. Yes. Right. Badass. And, uh, you know, helps you out in a lot of different tough situations. Yeah. Uh, has a great theme that I always mm. love yes. when it kicks in. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> and also... Always obeys the traffic laws. Carve it into your soul, kid. One accident's all it would take. Yeah. <laughs> Badass who drives very slowly. Yeah. Um, and lastly, one of my favorites, Angel Higure. Uh, a, <laughs> a blue bird with a red marking on his chest who speaks as though he is in a high fantasy Japanese RPG and is intensely dramatic and whenever he starts talking in his way, eventually everyone around him joins in. Uh, and, ooh, just to, again, without foreshadow, without spoiling too much, uh, everything Angel says ever is 100% correct. Right. 
From the first time he appears on screen to the last, he is never wrong, and he always understands the situation 100%. Which I love. Yeah, but when you encounter him until, like, the very end of the game, you think he's just kind of like Opasan, that he's just saying things that don't make any sense, and right. has delusions of grandeur, and he thinks you're, like a goddess or something like that. Because at that that point, you still think it's a dating simulator and you want to end up with the best bird. Yeah, you want the best boy. You don't want these joke characters like Okasan and Angel. They're goofs. I want the sensitive boy. Right. And so that kind of leads into the first question, Mm -hmm. actually, about, like, um, who was your initial love bird? Mm -hmm. Uh, I went for Nageki first. Um, I liked that morose little reader. (laughs) Uh, So that was my first, like entrance into the game was that like the first person I'm trying to date ends up already being dead. And can you give a little overview of what Nageki's uh, route is is like? Yeah, it's um, basically you have to, you get a choice early in the game what kind of uh, student activity you want to join. And if you choose to work in the library, uh, then you'll encounter him a lot. He's only in the library uh, pretty much for the whole game. And uh, he's a little bit reticent to talk to you, but if you kind of pursue him a little bit, uh, he'll come out of his shell, and you'll uh, realize he can't leave the room, and he'll realize eventually that he can't leave the room, Mm -hmm. and it turns out he doesn't remember uh, that he's a ghost at first, but through your love and your bond, you help him remember that he was alive, and then he killed himself, and he's trapped in this library, Uh, and you help him go to the spirit world by accepting that. Uh, Later, you find out a lot more about the circumstances of his death, but that's his route. Yeah. And that's another thing about this game that I love is that the dating, when you just have dating birds and everything seems good and normal, spoilers, eventually that stops being the case, um, (laughs) everything that happens there is canon. It's never not true. No, and that's something that I picked up and that I really enjoyed is that the characters always stay the same. Mm -hmm. There's no differing factors if you follow a certain route. Like, everybody uh, maintains their same stature significance as well as like um their personalities mm-hmm. so uh so erica what was it specifically about nageki just like just his personality is the brooding the brooding intellectual who's who's so scared to open up or like what was it that drew you to him yeah yeah i've always been interested in the withdrawn type so that just <laughs> drew me to him you gotta fix them yeah <laughs> eric who's your initial love for well the first few times i played through i just i kept dying <laughs> Um, and so it took me a while to like really start to develop relationships with anybody, um, which made me feel very self-conscious that I just wasn't good at dating at all. Because <laughs> um, you really do have to like do a bunch of things that like appeals yeah. to that particular person. Right. And it's a very intentional thing right from the very beginning. And so that's what I struggled with at the very first was like trying to navigate and learn a little bit more about each pigeon. But the easiest one for me was Ryota. Yeah. Um, because as the best friend, closest one to um, the main character, protagonist. And, uh, you know, you already have sort of a built-in relationship already mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Can you can you recap a bit what Ryuta's route is like? So that um, storyline follows the main character um, kind of spending a lot of time with Ryota. Um, you know, you invite that pigeon to uh, most of the main events, mm-hmm. the... Um, carnival the festival um i love that he is always in it he works in a maid cafe and he's always in a maid outfit yeah, yeah. a little soft boy yeah. yeah 
And at a time when you're supposed to get a job over the summer, you have a decision about whether or not you do. You um, find out that Ryota also wants the same job because Mm -hmm. um, his family is a little hard up for cash. His mother is sick, and so he needs to provide for the family. So um, part of that is you relinquishing your job for Ryota so that um, he, she can work. I think he's a he. He's a he. Okay. Just making sure. Um, But yeah. And then we find out uh, further along that Ryota's mother isn't doing well, and you're kind of um, left wondering whether that relationship is going to grow because Ryota um, doesn't want to like fall in love. Yeah. And the end of that route is so touching because Ryota talks about how birds still have a shorter lifespan than humans, so how are right. you going to be together? Mm-hmm, and right. like you have to like reassure him that. You want to just enjoy the time that you have together, no matter what. It's, yeah. like, very moving, actually. Yeah. It's it's another instance of the game taking the joke seriously. It's, like, I, it, the game is initially, like, very much a comedy. There's a lot of big laugh lines, and it, and it knows that it's goofy to date birds. But also, it's, like, you, you, you go on a run, and you see the remains of a ruined city. You live in a cave. When it's, just, when it's January 1st, you're, like, I'm so glad I survived another year. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's dark. And, like, Ryuta brings up, it's like, uh, everyone, all the birds remember and know, like, by name, the first intelligent bird, which is, like, there was a time when there weren't. Yeah. Uh, and then also, like, Ryuta calls out, like, the elephant in the room, like, I'm a bird, you're a human. Yeah. If the question was, though, what storyline did I finish first, it was Azami and Blasters. Uh-huh. Aha! Yeah. Um, and so that was the first storyline that I completed because, um, you know, I got the job over the summer. Um, at that point, you had been already introduced to Azami as this, again, badass biker chick who mm-hmm. um, wards off uh, some... Punctions. 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 <laughs> yes. Punctions. Yes. And so that was actually the first storyline that I finished was being able to um, match up Azami and Rabu. Yeah, because Rabu is a frequent patron of your cafe, and Azami eventually comes to see you because you've become good friends, and she knows you're working at this cafe, and she sees Rabu, who is, in fact, Blaster, her old ex and leader of her biker gang, who uh, broke up with her when she was open about her feelings. Now she's angry at him. Right. And what, what did you decide to do? <laughs> I don't think I made the right decision the first time because it ended up, like, they got really mad at each other and I had forgotten that um, Azami still cared about Rabu because of the scooter. There was a um, blaster decal on the scooter. And so after, I, as soon as I clicked it, I was like, oh, and now I remember about the scooter and the mm-hmm. decal. But, um, so yeah. I just failed a lot in the very beginning, and I feel, I feel like, man, I really need to think about that. That's like a very self-awareness thing. Yeah, and I think at first when you like fail a romance plot and they kill you, you think maybe it's just like, oh, the game's trying to like tie up loose ends so that you don't just play through the whole game and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. But then eventually you find out that you have to romance a bird. It's like part of a political yeah, like goal the, in the right. world you live in. Like right. There is an in-universe reason why the Hawk Party will kill you if you don't fall in love with the bird, right. which is so good. Uh, my personal, my first love bird, when I uh, took, took my first run on this game, I didn't know anything about the, the depths. I didn't know how much there was to it. I, too, had the same sort of opinion as you, that this was going to be a comedy goof game about birds and the the girls who love them. Um, 
and so I was just like the first route I was just gonna go with my instincts not try anything just do do what I felt and I ended up going with uh, Kazuaki Nanaki, the teacher. Because mm. he just, he's kind and sweet and sort of like non-threatening. He's also a little overt at times, I felt like. Mm -hmm. And that was uncomfortable for me as a student <laughs> in his class because he was like, oh, can I walk you home from mm -hmm. this festival? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to uh, stay and like help me grade papers before the first day of classes? And so... Um, he kind of put himself out there a little bit. That's, I didn't get that, and it's I, like now that you say it out loud, it's like no, you're totally right. But also, I didn't, I didn't get that because at the end of his route, and I'll just yeah. tell you what it is. So you, you sort of like spend a lot of time with the teacher. He's like, hey, you sure are hanging around with me a lot. Okay, whatever. You invite him to the festival, and he's like, oh, I had a good time with you. How yeah. about that? And uh, you find in his wallet that he has a photo of a bird that he has blacked out completely with marker. Um, and you eventually confront him about it, and he's like, "That's a part of my past that's really painful. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, and, and like, let's let's not, you know, let's not discuss it." And eventually, at the end, he tells you that, like, because of the relationship he's formed with you, like, I've I got rid of the picture. Like, I'm ready to move on. But then he also says, like, that said, I'm your teacher. This isn't appropriate. Maybe someday. And then that's the ending. And it's like. Way to not take advantage of me, uh, uh, Kazuaki. Yeah. Yeah, he does it, and really, no plotline gets like sexually or even very romantically explicit. And it yeah. is nice that that character, like, part of what like attracts one to him is that he's like gentle and not yeah. overtly creepy for the most part. Uh, and when we're talking about like people in authority, I thought that shoe was probably the most, um, like realistic i guess because shu is just always like what are you doing like <laughs> yeah I, I feel like you like me that's inappropriate like stop it's like also like what's there to like about me right yeah yeah just from the outset he's unpleasant and people are rumoring that he's killing people you have to really work to get him also to date mm -hmm. you which is yeah. really hilarious to open up yeah, yeah. And, th and then when you he does date you his uh method of doing so is saying like <laughs> I've come to really, uh, I've come to become fascinated by you. You know, I thought you were shit at first, but now, now you're really interesting. And you know what I'm going to do is cut your head off and keep it in a jar so I can look at it and you die. Oh, uh, and that part where he's like running away because he's been mm -hmm. found out for murdering other students and he's running away with your head in a jar and then he asks your head <laughs> if you love him and the th and you have three options and they're all yes. yes. That was so creepy. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys interpret what that meant? Uh, just that, I mean, that he wasn't really asking at someone else. He was just, yeah. he was doing theater for himself. Yeah. Right. I felt like there was no choice um, that... No matter what, that was where it was going to go anyway. Mm -hmm. So I felt like giving the options was just like a, a unique little piece for the for the person playing the main character can mm -hmm. just enjoy. Yeah, because it's, no matter what, like yeah. it's going to happen the way that it happens. Yeah, the scene the scene would have done would have played the same if there wasn't a choice. But, but it's that's, much more chilling. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, oh no, yeah, uh, my agency's been taken from me. Yeah. And so, uh, Ryota was my first love, mm -hmm. um, but then I moved on to Yuya, which was another one of the, like, more overt yeah. people, and I was like, maybe I'll have a chance with Yuya. Yeah, he's openly flirtatious. He's yeah. yeah, openly flirtatious, and so he was one of the uh, birds that I, I felt like I could get with 
first. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. at that point, again, very self-conscious and not doing super great, so I'm going to go for the easy picking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it, it, it's definitely a thing yeah. early in the game, especially before you figure out that, like, what student activities you do or what you do with your elective classes can make you more appealing to certain birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's people that are easier to figure out yeah. the route for. And, uh, Erica, what were your thoughts on Yuya? Um, I was asking her. Oh, them, sorry. Um, Yuya, I thought was very charming, um, though a little bit of a cad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that plot line is, I, I think I went for him relatively early in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get a lot more backstory about the world via that route. So that's a really good, like, second or third route in mm-hmm. the game, I feel like, to attempt. Can you explain what some of, it might, what some of that backstory is for our listeners? Uh, yeah, so he is working in the infirmary, so that's your student activity that you have to choose to get close to him, and so he's really close, ostensibly, with mm-hmm. Dr. Shu, uh, but then eventually he kind of takes you aside, or you kind of find out little things here and there, uh, and you discover that Yuya is basically, uh, trying to infiltrate the infirmary and catch, uh, or get information on Dr. Shu murdering mm-hmm. students, and... With the help of the janitor, uh, JB... Uh, he's Mr. One until the end. Mr. One. Yeah. Yeah. Because the introduction for the janitor during that um, is very short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so um, it just sort of passes over. You don't necessarily need to remember, but the introduction of any character is kind of significant in yeah. this game. Uh, and like Yuya, did we mention the Dove Party? Did we? Well, so there... we mentioned the Hawk Party that kills yeah. you. Okay. The Dove Party is kind of the benevolent... Mm-hmm. Uh, so Force fighting against them, and Yuya, and like it, it's it's revealed that like Yuya is a member of the Dove Party, and like you've heard about the Hawk Party before. I mean, especially if you've died, if it's your first game, you don't know what's going on. You know that the Hawk Party kills you if you don't date a bird, and that you know he uh, Yuya is in the Dove Party, you know, trying to sniff out Hawk agents, and his whole like carefree, flirtatious way of being hides that like. He is in very real danger of being killed at all times. Mm-hmm. And pretty much if you don't take his plot line, he probably gets killed. Yeah. Uh, you and walk even, into the classroom and it's full of feathers. And even in his plot line, does he get don't doesn't he get killed if you um decide not to like take his side? Like he oh, lies yeah. to Dr. Shu at one point yeah. and you have to decide whether or not and at this point you already are semi aware that Dr. Shu is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so you know that lying to him, and as, you know, somebody who is trying to get close to Shu or discover what his storyline has, you have to lie. Yeah, and if you do that, uh... You basically are complicit in someone else's death. You're more than complicit. I don't... This is a, this is a moment that hits so hard that I'm not gonna say what it is. Uh, but you are very complicit in Yuya's <laughs> death. Um, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, you help cover up the evidence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, what was your favorite route? I think in like looking at the overall like game, including the ending, that Nageki was my favorite part, uh, my favorite route because uh, I think Nageki has a very, very important part to play, and we'll get into the story uh, of the ending later. But um, discovering his secrets um, sort of set an undertone for what is about to come. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I, there's so much to love. Um, I think I'm probably going to say I like shoes route the most because that's when you really start getting into the darkness of the game and you have to really work for it. So mm -hmm. it's this very bizarre scenario where you are just flirting like hell with somebody who's just completely cold and condescending to you who you know is dangerous and then at the end he just like hangs a lampshade on that he's like <laughs> why are you pursuing me you knew i was dangerous and then you get like murdered uh and and so it really gives you an entrance into all of the intrigue of the world and it's just very emotionally charged mm -hmm. there and, was, yeah there were some very like interesting endings um mm -hmm. which i appreciated because after a certain point you're you're not certain exactly where it's gonna go um so like okasan's ending yeah that it you know it still takes part in, like, the regular part of the game, but you go on a quest for pudding. Yeah. And uh, it, it, the true pudding. And it turns out that Okosan this whole time has been the living avatar of Lord Pudi, the pudding god. Right. And you never never would have guessed. Yeah. Never would have guessed. Uh, what my favorite uh, ending, just for, just for the, just the, the fucking audacity of it, is uh, Ankels. Yeah. He is, so the way you, you meet him, he normally doesn't come up in the game at all. The way you introduce him to the game is, there's at one point, there's like a, a fest, not a festival, there's like a holiday where you go and you like hang a wish on a tree, and you can see all the other birds' wishes, and they all, you know, reflect their personalities, and you have uh, three choices initially, conquer the world by force, rule the world from the shadows, or become a f successful artist. You know, the three choices. Um... And then, life. Yeah, yeah. that's how you live life. I mean, you, we've all made our decisions already. Yeah. Um, and then you get a fourth after you've, like, beaten the game once, which is, I wish for the mad love of a fallen angel. Mm -hmm. And then Angel starts just fucking busting through the window at random points, starts calling you Edelblau, um, Edelblau, the uh, apostle of the blue sky. He is the crimson angel of Judeca who must fight the sorcerer Wallenstein and defeat Rufa, the tree of blight. And, like, at first, you're like, Hangel, you're fucking crazy. Right. But, like, you start talking in RPG talk. You start saying all capital... Like, cap like mm. you start saying, like, capitalized proper noun terms for, like, RPG fantasy shit. Right. And eventually, uh, he... It's revealed that the sorcerer Wallenstein is Dr. Shu, and you confront him... And the, the infirmary has become, like, hell, and there is a tree of blight, and Shu is like, with the tree of blight, I shall un un unleash hell upon the world. And you start doing a turn-based RPG battle. And you can die. You can lose in this battle. Especially yep. if your vitality isn't high enough, which works as your health mm -hmm. all of a sudden in this game where you never had a health bar before. Right. Yeah, and you're like wondering, like, why is my Wisdom 5, my Charisma 1, and my Vitality 800 at the start? <laughs> it's so you can lose 200 health at a hit. Right. <laughs> it's the best. And, like, the first time you, th you first time you play it, the same was with Okasan's ending, you think, this is the joke ending. You know, they're all funny, but, like, this is the goofy one. Right. There's certainly nothing more to this. Right. Uh, and one more that I want to get to before we move on, because this character becomes very important and very close to my heart. Yeah. Is Sakuya. Yeah. Yes. He starts out as somebody that you really hate, because he's just, like, really pretentious and, like, kind of racist against Angel, all of this stuff. He's racist against anyone who's not him. Yeah. Right. He calls people mongrels and, like, filthy, have filthy blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have—I mean—to unlock everything, you have to try and get to know him, try and woo him, and you find out a lot of things uh, about Sakuya, about 
his love of the arts. Um, you start finding out a little bit more about the problems at home with his family. And so he starts to be endearing even through his plot line. Yeah. And, like, eventually it's, like, his, his it's revealed that, like, his love, like, the thing that he wants to do more than anything is be a musician, but, like, his dad, a noble French birdie, is, like, no, you're going to, like, you're going to be a libelle. Yeah. Like, we, we are not artists. We patronize the arts. Right. And it's up to you to, like, break through his shell, tell him that, like, even, like, commoners can be worthwhile and encourage him to be the musician he always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you end up really kind of liking him or at least feeling sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the little title card at the end of that game of that route, Song of the Foolish Bird or whatever, something like that. It's, it's so cute, uh, which really reveals that later on you see more depths to him yeah, in, the, right. in the secret route. Uh, and let's get into the secret route. Fellows, friends, listeners, all the types of people who may be hearing these words, if you are interested by what we've been talking about, if you think Hot of Old Boyfriend sounds fun, this game where you date goofy birds, it's, there's a lot of good jokes, it's very well written, the characters are uh, deep and consistent, and there is a deeper world and lore behind it that sort of makes the world feel lived in and interesting. If that sounds cool to you, please stop the podcast now. Go and purchase a How to Fool Boyfriend and play it for yourself. You will love it. Uh, if you don't care about spoilers and just want to hear it all, man, and, and or you'd think you're just never going to play this game, continue listening because we're going to talk about some big shit now. When you have unlocked an ending for every single uh, romanceable character. You, when you start a new game, are asked, will you have a normal semester or fulfill a promise from long ago? Mm-hmm. And this is why I said to these two guests, you are not done with the game until you fulfill the promise. Because if you choose fulfill the promise, you get a normal school year for, like, a shockingly huge portion of it. Yeah, Yeah. I was, like, starting to get confused. I was like, when is this going to be different? And, like, you can fast-forward through things you've already seen. So I, like, fast-forwarded the first time I fulfilled the promise past (gasps) the whammy moment. So I had to start over again. Okay, okay. Um, Well, yes, you're, like, in, like, I I might be the third term, even. Like, I was... When yeah. I was redoing it, I thought it happened pretty early, but no, it doesn't. It's like it, the like, second or third term. It makes yeah. you really fucking work for it. And I was, like, shaking. Like, when is it going to happen? Right. And you go with, like, a bird that you're probably familiar with. Like, yeah, you know, the the storyline that you're most familiar with, trying to, like, figure out what's going to happen. Uh, well, I was trying to guess what the promise was. And I thought, like, you make a promise to your teacher about meeting him again if you still want to be with him when you're older. So oh. I thought maybe it was that. Ooh, that would be interesting. So I was like trying to follow his plot line. Because I thought maybe you had to game it out. But that's not the case. No. Because no, what happens is uh, the game takes a big turn and it becomes clear that what you were playing before was not the game. Right. This is the game. What you were playing before is a tutorial where what you were being taught is not how to play the game but who the characters are, why you like them, what kind of things they will do, and uh, the fact that you are the protagonist every time and you have played through a year of her life like ten times, that you feel identified to her. Because what happens is you go to meet Ryuta at the infirmary yep. because, you know, he's where I'm supposed to walk him home. Right. And then, all of a sudden, the text box that you've been looking at for hours at this point turns purple 
it no longer says hateful boyfriend, it says hurtful boyfriend. And the person talking is not you, it's Ryuta. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the next day, and such begins the actual fucking point of this game. A something like like six, <laughs> seven hour long story yeah. of murder and mystery. Right. All it, the other plot lines are like a third of how long this one is. Mm-hmm. Which was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like I reserved so like when I was playing the game was before work. I would like wake up early and so I had to do this in like hour chunks. <gasps> and so it was just like going to work in this state of Oh my god. What is happening? Where is this going? Like, you know, I had no choice. Like I couldn't arrive late, I couldn't finish it, and so I had to stop it oh in order god. for me to like go to work. You must have been shook up. I was pretty shook. <laughs> that yeah. is good. It gives you time to digest every new thing you learn yeah. about the world, though. Because right. yeah. if you do one solid playthrough of this route, you're learning so much shit. <laughs> all at once. All at once about the world. Also, it hits you in the fucking emotions so hard. <laughs> like, I was, like, I, said, I told you guys as uh, I was replaying it, I was actually just re-watching it on YouTube because it's faster, um, and in this part you don't really make choices, so you can just watch it, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but like, I was like legit shaking at like part of these, and like getting so hyped up. It was intense. So I wanted to ask you guys, um, the question I have written down is, what was your reaction when the text box turned purple? But I guess the more uh, generalized question that that's asking is, what? How did you feel when you realized what was actually happening and what the game was? Well, it's still at that point, I had no idea how far this was going to go. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it could have been the end of Angel's storyline. It could have just been five to ten minutes. And nope, it was not. Yep. <laughs> I had no idea. And so when it turned purple, I, I was sort of thinking in the way that... Um, shoes storyline where you don't have a choice to say no mm -hmm. that like oh this is a very defined moment and as soon as we took over Ryota's perspective it was sort of like oh okay this is this this is going a completely new direction that like I have no part in mm -hmm. uh. yeah yeah I felt like uh this like sinking feeling in my stomach similar to the end of, of Shu's storyline where you just know something horrible is happening but you're not quite sure what or where it's going the floor just drops out mm -hmm. behind you below you yeah uh when i first saw this i did not know i had no idea that this was part of the game and i'm glad that uh, that i didn't tip my hand to you too uh but like it's absolutely fucking stunning i was just gutted that like the fact that that everything i had been doing was just sort of like a, a possibility of what could happen in this year, but here is what actually happened. And it's it's also the instance where all of the pieces that we've been given about the world mm -hmm. and the lore behind it and its history fit together. And prior to that, I thought that like the game was so well written for having those little puzzle pieces in there because it just deepened the world and made it feel less silly which made the jokes better because mm -hmm. they yeah. were ground they were honest jokes mm -hmm. but then it's like oh no 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 these are not sprinkles that i put on my on my fucking ice cream to jazz it up this is it like mm -hmm. this is the game it all goes down so deep because what happens is 
you are Ryota, you go to school, Hiyoko is missing, that's weird. Uh, your teacher asks you to go get a box of files that he needs from the other room. The box is unusually heavy, and the box has uh, Hiyoko's head in it. Oh, yeah, it, that really hits. Yeah. Yup. Oh, it's so bleak. I wasn't sure what to expect. I felt like it would be Yuya. Um, because of, oh, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's died know, before. Yeah, and we know the storyline, mm-hmm. you know? But obviously it goes much deeper, and especially when you change perspectives, like, you know, I was just sort of along for the ride at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, here we go. And everything immediately goes off the rails from there. Like, right, yeah. You think maybe you're going to be investigating this murder or something, which you are, but the school goes into lockdown. Right, the alarms start going off. Uh, you don't know if you triggered that or something else happened. Yeah, a big metal dome that no one knew about in case of the school and you can't escape. Yeah. Um, every classroom had a piece of Hyoko in a box. Uh, and, yeah. And also, you learn, prior to that, prior to her body being found, we get actually a glimpse of a class at St. Pinchonation. It's the first time we really get one of those. And we hear uh, Kazuaki's lecture which is about how birds became intelligent. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. reason was there was a strain of bird flu that was threatening to cause the human race to go extinct. And in order to save humanity, uh, scientists engineered a virus that would kill all birds. But what it did instead was it started to make them intelligent. Mm-hmm. And that's why the birds remember becoming intelligent uh, and why there are so few humans left and why there's a tension between the humans and the birds. Mm-hmm. And that is when you learn that the game is set in the year 2187, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yes. So there's this huge history uh, underlying the world. Uh, 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 and like we hear about like some like characters like, oh, I was a war orphan. It's like, what? orphan like between humans and birds war and it's insane and it's like it becomes clear that what the the hawk party that you've seen all this time uh what they do is they are a uh, a like a sort of a nationalist group that wants to kill all humans and have the earth for the birds and your you uh hyoko being at the school is a test to see like is it possible for birds and humans to coexist if it's clear that you can't they kill you and end the experiment which is why you die if you don't date a bird yeah and at, and and at the end of the games when you do die it's um it's alluding to the fact that like the test subject and things like that so you're getting a lot of clues throughout the beginning and like you were saying they're all puzzle pieces that fit together really nicely and like again mm-hmm everybody's right in a certain extent to like what the world is throughout the course of the game until you get to fulfilling the promise. Yeah. Angel's the most right. He's, he's right. He's literally right every time. Yeah. His (laughs) terms are a little bit different from the terms we would use, but what he's saying about relationships and, and, who everybody yeah. is is true like he calls uh shu a dark sorcerer who's going to release demon spores into the world that's correct he calls uh ryuta the first time he speaks to ryuta he does not call him by his name he calls him he calls him textoria melodia funus which if you translate from latin is weaver of the funeral song which correct <laughs> he knew it right then uh, so how are we going to cover this how are we going to go through this absolute labyrinth of a plot there's so much so much fucking reveal well i guess let's first talk about a little bit how this 
storyline, which is called the bad boys love route, mm-hmm. uh, plays out. So you're Ryota, you start looking, you're, the school's in lockdown, things are just really coming off the hinges, but you're still trying to figure out who mm-hmm. killed yeah. your best friend. And like you're told yeah. that there was a natural disaster and that's why the dome's up, but like, no there wasn't, like the weather's fine. Right, and phones aren't working, you can't contact the outside world, so you really don't know what's going on. And while you play as Ryuta, you are sort of uh, have by your side at all times yes. Sakuya. Yes. And the, this is where Sakuya turns, like, your favorite. Like, before yes. Sakuya was an asshole, but, like, if you spend a lot of time with him, I guess he's nice. Uh, in this moment of crisis, Sakuya becomes a true hero. Yeah, I love the friendship that these two characters end up developing. I kind of ship it, to be honest. Like, yeah, <laughs> and at times uh, where they get separated, you're like, I really hope nothing bad happened to yeah. Sakuya. And like, and Sakuya, like when he doesn't know where Ryuta is, like gets scared and cares when he comes back safe. Right. And so the the other characters that you've interacted for the most part outside of um, you know Azami and a few other people that are sort of. Not in the main storyline. All come back. So, Nageki's there. Shu's there. Um, Teacher. Yep. Uh, Okusan's there. Angel's there. Uh, anyone who was in the school is there and plays a major role. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. And like, okay, what's the first thing that happens? So, Kazuaki and Shu are kind of doing an autopsy yeah. on uh, Hyoko's body. There's kind of this this whole interaction where, you know, as the player, knowing what you know, you think, of course, it must be Shu who did this, yeah. who just, like, straight up murdered her. But he's kind of very yeah. adamant that he wasn't the one, which yeah. he's never tried to hide his shit before, so it's kind of like, what is going on right. here? We know he cuts he cuts heads off. Like, that's, that's shit that you're required to know before you can start this. So right. And also... Uh, after he's, like, accused, he goes up to Ryuta and says, like, you know there's something you're missing. Like, you're forgetting something very important. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you speaking in riddles? He's like, this isn't a riddle. Like, there is a thing that you aren't remembering. And y- and he's like, well, what is it? Tell me, tell me. He's like, I don't need to tell you. Just keep going and you'll find it. And you're like, what the hell is Shu doing? What is he talking about? And uh, he uh, he's right. He's telling yeah. the truth. <laughs> yep. Forgot something really important. Yep. <laughs> So another thing that you do early on is you track down the principal of the school because he kind of made an yep. announcement uh, about the school being on lockdown. Brought everybody to the um, gymnasium to try and like calm everybody down, but that's when um, Sukya and Ryuta decide that like, well, you know, they said we needed to stay in the school, but they didn't say we needed to stay in the gymnasium, so mm-hmm. they, that's when they leave for the. Yeah, and it's it's revealed that the uh, headmaster has been killed, and the uh, broadcast where he told everyone to stay calm, go to the gym, was a fake. He's dead, uh, and you discover that there is like a hidden file, like a sealed file about Operation uh, Hatoful, mm-hmm. and the test subject, and then there's also like a, a button that opens up a, a escape hatch in the dome, right? And so you can do you know. Uh, you can pursue either of those things in either order. It's the same thing happens either way. Uh, you learn that, that Yuya, Yuya finally opens up and tells you exactly who he is. He is a Dove agent who is uh, investigating Dr. Shu, a Hawk agent who is uh, trying to create biological weapons. And the janitor, Mr. One, is actually J.B. Leone. <laughs> who also has awesome music. Yes, and an awesome like title card for when he reveals. I'm in, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he has... Uh, Music's great, and he li- and he's just he's a bright and massive dove agent 
who is always ready to help and like direct you and give you a, a skeleton key. He rules. <laughs> and he opens up the uh, test subject file, and it's like the test subject is clearly uh, Hiyoko, who is in the school uh, as a... God, what's the reason? I forgot. It's like this weird way of like brokering a peace between the humans and the yeah. birds. Oh, that, yeah. Like, if yeah. she makes it through the school year safely, then it's kind of a mm -hmm. first like Step. olive branch. Yeah. But right. If she is killed on campus, the school will immediately go into lockdown for 12 hours, and humans are allowed to gather with weapons outside the dome and take any reprisal they want after that 12 hours, which, uh, and all reprisals are 100% legal and cannot be punished. And it becomes clear, oh shit, the Hawk Party is starting a war. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to draw all the living humans there mm -hmm. Because there's them. moments when a, a bird flies out and gets shot. Yeah, because you, you do open up the hatch and you're like, well, what if it's dangerous? And some red shirt's like, oh, escape, and just gets fucking domed. <laughs> uh, but like it, at first you think it's just like oh he's trying to have like a, another like horrible terrorist attack sort of situation that's gonna uh, make human bird relations untenable and start a war but like it, even that's not quite the whole picture no you still have to burrow down to the real mantle mm -hmm. of this of everybody's backstories to really get why yeah because then uh, Ryuta they visit the library for some reason, probably just looking for information. And Ryuta sees Nageki. Mm -hmm. He's the only other character other than Hyoko who has seen this ghost. Uh, and Nageki is sort of... He, he also like saw Nageki's files in, uh, in the headmaster's office. He's like, oh, you're like... like are you, aren't you dead? And he's like, I don't remember. And it's like, no, I think you died in like a fire in the medical center. And he's like, I do remember like ending my own life and there's something you know building there because the medical center you learn is this closed down building that no one really understands why it's there and so it's like if Nageki was in the medical center what's going on and there's a basement there that you can't get to and it's such a big confusing mystery I fucking love it yeah and then Nageki does ha hooks you up with some uh mixed up encyclopedias like one bookcase he has like two volume sixes and then like another place in the building has two volume nines yeah, or something he, he like swapped two encyclopedias from the medical center and the normal library right which mm -hmm. helps get you some more information yeah and files. i think yeah i think that is the file that explains what project hatoful was which was uh, a project to weaponize a virus that was uniquely living inside nageki's body and he was in the medical centers as because he was being used as a test subject to create a biological weapon that would kill all humans. Oh boy, this was always true. <laughs> That's it why goes, he was so somber. Yeah, yeah, and it goes so deep, and like sometimes it's hard to follow the plotline exactly because there's so many things that are like being yeah. thrown at you. There's a scarecrow at one point. Oh yeah, there's like a big scarecrow robot that yeah. like patrols the halls and tries to kill you. Right. And that was that was the main character's brain. Yeah, you at the very end you find out it has Hyoko's brain put in it, but that she's like gone. Yeah, she, out of control. Doesn't remember who she is. And then like to to like uh, before you learn that like you uh, you and Kazuaki shoot it with a bunch of water and then uh, tase it. Yeah. And she was like, well, now her brains are irre irreparably damaged. Thanks for that. And you feel like awful. 
and it's oh it's so good oh it's so good and Angel of course is 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 with you at this point saying everything correctly <laughs> again when you need when you need to find like the hidden uh, entrance to the basement of the medical center everyone's like I don't know where it could be and he's just like ah a, d a deathly draft comes from yonder panel and they're like <laughs> Angel stop fucking around and it's like no 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 that's where it was he was right. <laughs> Uh, I love it. <laughs> and it makes sense that he would be this convenient plot tool that knows everything, because you mm -hmm. already know that he kind of is... On to something. Yeah, he's on to something all the time. Yeah, he's working on multiple levels. And it's also revealed soon after that, like, he is a mutant who has, like, a neurotransmitter in his brain that uh, affects people around him and forces them to see reality the way he does, which is why everyone starts talking like him when they hang around him enough. Right. And starts, like, believing his shit. He emits this, like, hallucinogen that he himself yeah. is not immune to, which is why mm -hmm. things look a little bit distorted sometimes, like the boss battle when you're near him, and everybody right. just slowly gets absorbed into his mm -hmm. way of seeing the world. And that's also soon after you realize that every student at St. Pigeonations was specifically invited to attend. And it's like, oh my god, this was never a school. This was always Shu's uh, biological weapons experiment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okasan, he, he helped like soup up into this super athlete by giving him this daily mm -hmm. supplement that he has to drink that makes him super fast. Yeah. Angel was there because he wanted to like weaponize the mind control, but it was a failure. Uh, and Ruocha was eventually going to be another biological weapon, as we find out. As yeah. we find out. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Uh, so, Nageki had this deathly virus. He was a uh, an orphan who lived mm -hmm. in a heartful house, a orphanage that was attacked by uh, human separatists. Only he and his brother survived. Uh, and Hitori. Hitori, his brother his Hitori. Brother. And... Uh, Nageki was weak, ill, he couldn't work, he was a burden, and then one day he was uh, invited to St. Pigeonation saying our medical center might be able to cure him, and he was so excited, he went there, and what he was discovered is that uh, he carries a virus that kills all humans in minutes, which is why the human separatists didn't get to kill him or his brother, because they all died, and he was used to uh, murder humans every day in lab experiments, and... To end it all, he caused a fire and uh, destroyed his body, or so he thought. Uh, turns out there is still this virus around. However, because it is uh, fragile, it can't survive on its own, and also it, a bird's body is able to quickly cure it. So you need a bird who has Nageki's specific uh, immune system compromising. And guess what? It's, it's Ryuta. Ryuta's been poisoned slowly the whole time. That's the reason he's sickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every time Yoda's been going to the infirmary, Dr. Shu has been giving him something that makes him a little bit sicker so that eventually his body could be implanted with this disease that Nageki had uh, and Ryota can become the new uh, bird that kills humans on sight. The weaver of the funeral song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but we're still not done. Oh, there's so because much! there's even more backstory. Uh, remember that we just mentioned Nageki had a brother. Yup. Yeah. yeah. And we find out that it's actually Kazuaki. Remember how there was that throwaway line about how he bleaches his feathers? Yeah, he's actually a brown quail, not a white quail. And his name is Hitori, not Kazuaki Nanaki. Uh, and he is obsessed with murdering Dr. Shu! 
That's why he's at the school posing as a math teacher. Mm -hmm. That's why he's lived his whole life up to this point. That picture that he had on his body was a blacked out picture of his dead brother, Nageki. You thought it was like a lover? No. It was Nageki. He Ah! loves his brother. (laughs) And like, oh my God, the flashbacks to like him and Nageki in the orphanage and like having their life together are fucking heartbreaking. Because like, one thing is that they're not biologically brothers. They are brothers forged in the bonds of the orphanage of Hardful House. And it was like fucking Hitori was off to get dinner for their Friday night dinner where they all get together. No one's allowed to be missing on a Friday. And he comes home to find the human terrorist killing everyone he loves. And the only one who's alive is Nageki. And he wants so badly to see him live and thrive. And he sends him to St. Pigeonations because, oh, I know, I know this is good for you. And he comes and sees fucking Nageki burn himself alive in front of his eyes for this... this, uh, uh, uh. It's sad. And then you also find out that uh, Hitori, Kazuaki, whatever, has like this shadow version of his dead brother like living inside of him. Basically, uh, he is so consumed with the desire for revenge, he wants to kill Dr. Shu and avenge his dead brother so badly that there's this like vengeance-minded version of his brother in his mind who's always telling him to like get revenge even though that's not the kind of person that nageki mm-hmm. is yeah and like like his trauma has convinced him that it is like this is nageki's wish and cuz like nageki did tell him like i have two last wishes mm-hmm. and nanaki just or rather hitori the brother he just forgets them like he becomes so twisted by his pain that he just he convinces himself that actually what you asked me was to kill dr shu right and destroy your body forever and but at that point, your Nageki's remains have been implanted into uh, Ryuta to make him the carrier of this death disease. Uh, and so fucking the teacher's like, all right, time to cut you up. Where's the liver? I'll, I'm going to get it. I have to get it. And then Nageki and the shadow self sort of have like a, a fight where they talk to each other and you have to convince him to learn to live and love again. Ugh. And you really think you're having... There's this big showdown, basically, between Hitori, formerly Kazuaki, and and trying to decide whether or not to get this piece of his brother's liver out of Ryota. And you really think that this showdown is, like, the final thing, but then you have one more... Step. <laughs> ...floor drop out on you, because you still don't know why Shu is doing all of this. Yeah, because Shu has been, like, taunting Ryuta with, like, you're forgetting something, and what he's forgetting, of course, is that Ryuta was in the infirmary, he was given the, like, the the medicine that first introduced the virus to him, and when Hyoko came in, uh, she got affected by the virus and died. He killed her, not Shu. And also, he says, like, the reason I'm doing this is because you asked me to. And... He's like, what are you talking about? And then we go back to the past. Remember Heartful House, the orphanage where Nageki and Hitori lived? Guess who else was there? Hyoko was a little kid and her parents, who were human and bird mediators, who were killed by the terrorists in front of Hyoko and Ryuta's mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ryuta's dad has, been, uh, dad has died by this point. And who should fucking waddle up but Dr. Shu the Fartridge? Yeah. Who offers them... A wish. A wish. One wish. What's that wish? The wish was to... uh, I don't know. So I'm going to be honest at this point. Um, I had to watch YouTube videos of the end because I um, 
just didn't have enough time to like finish everything. There was just so much, there were so many innings. And if I would have started like the walkthroughs earlier, I would have probably been in a better place, but I spent so long dying (laughs) and like trying to like find the other endings that I should have a long time ago in order to get to like the rest of this. Cause I I'm following the storyline and I know points, but I don't know specifics. Mm -hmm. Well, and they just have so many reveals on reveals. It's really hard to follow. Like, like I know that the second time I watched it, I got a lot more uh, comprehension out of it. Yeah. The first time, definitely, I remember being hit emotionally. Every beat, like, was a fucking KO. Yeah. And when I'm looking at the videos, there's, like, a 30-minute one, and then there's a 40-minute one. And the last video that I had to watch was, like, two hours long. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't even have time for this. <laughs> so I had to, like, try and, like, piece together based on what I knew mm-hmm. um, in order to, like, get it. And so... When I say that the game was like long, it was it was very long and like surprisingly because when I was I was like oh I've got like all these endings and I'm like getting close to the end with time left to go in order to like make it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. The last one was at least three hours long. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. This is I mean like this isn't this is not a dating sim about birds. This is a like 10 hour long story about a conspiracy yes yeah and like and the the fucking intertwined lives that were forged by the event at uh fucking heartful house yeah yeah and we and we still have a little bit of backstory basically to get yeah, to so because, like yeah. so Shu shows up after this showdown has happened at heartful house and he asks young ryota and young hyoko like what their wish is mm-hmm. and ryota wishes for an end of war between birds and humans yeah hyoko agrees and they both say that they would willingly die to make this a reality mm-hmm. and then we get another flashback where dr shu is a researcher who works with ryuji kawara ryuta's father the only bird he ever respected and is definitely in love with mm-hmm. um and we see like days and days and days of them talking to each other. We get a lot about their relationship. Shu is obviously much more taciturn and sort of like curt, while Ryuji is so gregarious and Mm -hmm. so ready to offer fun. And like despite it, they're clearly great friends. They're doing great research together. Uh, Ryuji mentions like, hey, I had a kid. Like, isn't that great? I have a child now. His name's Ryuta. And then uh, he just contracts some disease, like a random disease, no plot relevance, and he's wasting away. And he tells Shu, like, I never got to be a father. I always promised that things would be different at some point, but I never got to be a father. If you ever see my son, please do something for him. And that's what this whole thing has been about. Yeah, so just as uh, Hitori's desire for revenge kind of warped and curdled inside of him, Shu's, like, love for this researcher he worked with kind of, like, burns this fire inside of him so that he eventually tracks down the son of his, like, lost Lenore or whatever, (laughs) and is like, hey, kid. (laughs) What you wish. What you wish. And, you know, they... He says, I'm willing to die to end this war, which you, uh, takes, takes literally. To yeah, I'm going to kill literally. you, and I'm going to kill all humans. It's yeah. what, it's the classic, like, robot program to protect humanity. It's like, beep, boop, humanity is illogical, to protect it, must destroy it. It's, that, it's the same thing you've seen a million times. <laughs> but this time it's with birds, and with people that you care about. Yeah. Like, at that point, usually in movies, it's like, 
I don't really feel very sympathetic for the humans, but at least this one, mm-hmm. um, you're very sympathetic with the birds and the situations by that point. Yeah. And like, oh, it's so good. And like you even, like the, even the fact that Chu is a sociopathic murderer, like you kind of feel for him? Yeah, it's weird. Like he's been nothing but terrible up to this point, but now you know he's like kind of motivated by love in this totally fucked up way. And Yeah, and when Ryuta says like, like I didn't want this. I rescind my wish. I t- undo it. He's like, oh, okay, fine, cool. I don't really care. I just, I just was, you know, helping my my bud Ryuji. You don't have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. He just lets it go. He's like, okay, well, I guess we won't have all the humans yeah. come in here to get revenge, and they'll get sick from your disease. Yeah, because the idea was that not to start a war, as we previously thought, but that Ryuta would be the first to fly out of the dome, all the humans gathered would be killed, and he would just sort of fly around, weaving the funeral song around the whole earth. Killing all humans so then there wouldn't be any more conflict. Yeah, fulfilling the promise. So, once, uh, yeah, that's the promise. <laughs> uh, so once she was kind of like, oh, okay, if you don't want this... We don't need to do it. Basically, he just puts Ryota and what's left of Hyoki in cold storage. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Ryota's like, I still have the, the virus in me. I can't leave without being a danger. And Sakuya, who, again, by this point, is a hero. And, oh, we didn't fucking talk about his revelation. Oh, my God, yeah. Just to, just to, get, to get it out of the way. Uh, yeah, Saki is not noble. He is not born of, of noble blood. He is Yuya's full-blood brother uh, because... His father, as we know, is extremely abusive and racist and has forced uh, Sakia to think that he's better than other people. But what actually happened was their mother had another egg when she married uh, Sakia's father, the Lebel. And he was like, I'm not going to take the other egg. I I don't want two lowborn mongrel children. The egg goes. Uh, But Yuya kept it. And when his mom laid an egg with the father... He fucking broke it and replaced it with Sakia's egg. And so they're full brothers. Yeah. Yuya and Sakia. And he, this whole time, while Sakia has been calling Yuya a mongrel and refusing to be like to, to show any affection towards him, Yuya's been like having a shouldering the burden his whole life of mucking murdering an infant and and letting this brother he sacrificed everything for treat him like shit isn't it great and fucking sakia <laughs> learns to love himself and he's even more noble of a hero mm! yeah he like kind of saves the day at the end like he swoops in and kind of prevents mm-hmm. Ryota from going on the war path basically. yeah he like he uses their friendship to like get him out of berserker mode Ugh. This game. So much fucking going on. <laughs> oh, boy. So yeah, Ryuta stays in the underground uh, sealed facility until they can find a cure for this disease inside of him. Does he, like, freeze himself? Because no. I don't I don't remember hearing, like, what happened, so he just, like, lives in the medical bay? That's a good question, because here's the thing. If you beat the bad boy's love and there are still some endings you haven't unlocked... You don't know. You just think that, like, he's going to live there forever. He's not frozen. He's just living down in that basement forever. But if you beat Bad Boy's Love Route, having unlocked every other ending, you get a special epilogue. You get an epilogue, yeah. Where it's uh, shown that, like, Yuya survived. He thought he died. He didn't die. He got better yeah. because J.B. Leone uh, cured him of poison. And uh, fucking... Sakia has been researching this entire time a mm-hmm. cure for Ryuta, and he's like, I found it. Like, we, it's time to go. 
and that's where it ends. Yeah. And there's some hope of like reviving Hyoko or putting her brain mm-hmm. in a new body or something like that. It's not really clear, but you do get these moments as Ryoto where you're locked away down there where you're talking to her and she's talking yeah. back and you're not sure, like, is it her ghost? It's like a little floating tongue of flame. Mm-hmm. So like, we know ghosts look like how they do from Nageki, so what is that? We don't know. It's like what's left of her or yeah. something like that. There's something though. It's, she's yeah. not all gone. Holy shit! Okay, that's out of a boyfriend, everybody. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you can put like a little thing right before we launch into the you know ending. Pick up this right at um, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. An hour and sixteen minutes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what are y'all's thoughts? What do you think? I mean, I don't know if we want to rate, but just like this, uh, there's things I still want to say about it without just recapping. Yeah. Uh, is there anything y'all want to say without recapping and before final judgments? Um, I want to talk about the pacing a little bit. I think that's one of the the cardinal flaw of this game. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, like, uh, you have to do a lot of skipping of text yeah. to get all of the endings, and when you're playing the first, until you get to the bad boy's love route, when you're just romancing birds, like, the same things happen every day, S- except for when they're, it's a little bit different. So when you're skipping the text, when you're having it fly by really quickly, you can miss things that are new and different. Yeah. And you don't know, you don't realize that you're not even close to halfway through the game when you complete all of that stuff so Mm -hmm. in terms of like storytelling the pacing is a little bit a lot of it (laughs) weird i felt like at a certain point it was just about skipping yeah needing to get to those certain like crossway points where you're diverting into a new storyline because even then like sometimes taking classes didn't matter sometimes the beans didn't matter um and so that was difficult. Yeah, was to like, be able to manage that. Like you have to see the introductory scene for every bird every time. Yeah, which is like, yeah, I know who the birds are. Like I don't need to meet Okazan and learn that he likes pudding again. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. He's the best. Um, <laughs> He's so annoying. <laughs> I mean, he, like that was the like the one his romance plot. Like he hurts you. I mean, he beats your ass, and he loves it. Like he's, like not malicious. He's just an asshole. Right. Yeah. He doesn't understand what beating people means. But if you kick his ass, he, like, loves it. Yeah. <laughs> respects you as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. And it's, like, shown... It's, like, revealed later that, like, different breeds of birds got intelligent more quickly, and Okuzan is a bird that's still in, like, transition, which is why he is the way he is. And he doesn't understand what death is. Like, he doesn't have oh, the yeah. brain development for that. Like, he, when, when Sakia thinks Yuya is dead, he's like, well, let's go find him, man. Like, like let's go find him. And he's like, you don't understand. He's Yuya's dead. He's, he's never coming back. It's like, okay... But we should go chase after him. And then, like, Sakia takes it to mean, like, metaphorically, like, I should never stop, you know, chasing what my brother believed in. I'll never find him, but I'll find myself. Yes, that's such a profound... I screen-capped it, because it was so profound. I'll chase after him. I'll never find him, but I'll find myself. Oh, damn. Man, Sakia, turning good. The music was excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little disappointed that at no point did uh, the protagonist graduate from high school, we never yeah. get to celebrate yeah. the graduation from Safe Engineations. And as an educator, I was like waiting for that moment to be like, yeah, you got your diploma. Well, she's only a sophomore still. I know, but I felt like, um, I think you start junior year because there's at least three semesters. 
three terms. I don't know how terms know, work yeah. in Japan. You have like spring and then your summer break and then fall. Oh, okay. And yeah. Winter. It's kind of yeah. weird. Okay, so maybe you go from sophomore to junior yeah. in a in a term. Okay. So I was I was waiting for that. I yeah. was taking all the math classes to pass the SAT. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and every time like you take midterms and finals and like how you do at basis on how many math classes you've taken, yeah. but it never matters. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just waste scene. I know because at one point though, um, I remember there was a different ending that I got that I felt like. Um, was like you need to improve your scores and all that stuff, and so I felt like it did matter more than it. Mm-hmm. I think like the only time those things matter is that there's like two or three characters who, in order to get their true ending, true, you, you have to, to pick the same class every time and right. maximize your whatever yeah. value. Yeah, which like you don't. That's something that could have been communicated better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know how you communicate that without being like, uh, just look at a walkthrough. Yeah, because I did enjoy playing through it. And I think that's sort of like getting into like final judgments piece. Mm-hmm. But so yeah. I have a f- yeah, I have a few things I want to bring up before we get to final judgment. Thing about the pacing, I agree completely. It's especially when you're like getting to like the ninth and tenth playthrough to get all the endings, and you just you're like, I know exactly what I have to do. Do I have to sit through thirty minutes of game to do it? And you're so tempted to use that fast forward button because it does a great job of fast forwarding the shit you've seen, but it's very inconsistent about when it stops the fast-forwarding. There are times when the fast-forwarding stops because, like, the final scene starts. And it's like, this, there's never anything new with the final scene. Right. But there are other times when, like, a, like a, a route-specific scene starts, yeah. and the fast-forwarding's still going. You're like, shit! And you, and you miss it. You like only see the last line. You're like, oh. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also conflicted because, like, I kind of like that the game puts on the the mask of like this is a dating sim and we're gonna really get into all the parts of the school year because it makes the reveal that like this was never a dating sim actually all that much more shocking but i mean it's one of those things that's like art that is intending to annoy the player Mm -hmm. is that does that make the annoyance valid who that's up to you yeah yeah i wouldn't want to take away the surprise that the game isn't really what you think it's about if they could have unrolled some of the reveals a little bit more delicately at the end so that it wasn't like, oh, and actually this person's doing it this for this reason, and this person's doing this for this reason, the way it just, like, just makes you just tumble down, yeah. like, a laundry chute of backstory. Yeah, the last bit of Bad Boy's Love is a lot like fucking end of Lord of the Rings in yeah. terms of, like, ah, the ending. No! 30 minutes more. Right. <laughs> uh, jeez. Okay, um, what else? I have some other things. Um, another thing that I really love is, uh, and to, and to really get this, and to really put this in context, I want to bring up another game that I recently played, that if you are looking at visual novels that are more than what they seem, uh, you may uh, be aware of, Doki Doki Literature Club. Y'all know? I've heard of it, I haven't played it. Okay. Um, I, super, I, I, when I started playing this game, I knew that, like, oh, this is one of those games you don't, don't look up what it's about going in, and there's, like, a trigger warning at the beginning that's, like, don't play if you're easily disturbed, which, uh, in retrospect, if that if it didn't have that, I would say that it is irresponsible and should not be publicly consumable, because <laughs> I have some strong opinions about Doki Doki, Doki Doki Literature Club. But the point being, you start playing and you're like, oh, cool, this is one, this is like this is pretty well written. These characters are deep, uh, and when it starts to like go sour, 
you reveal that what it is is uh, it's like a fourth wall breaking type of thing where the, one of the characters understands that I am a character in a video game and it is hell. And uh, they become obsessed with like the only way that I have a life is when I'm on screen. So I must make the player fall in love with me. And the way that they do that is by editing the other characters and putting them through unspeakable psychological trauma and eventual suicide. And this is one of the things that I'm like, oh, I don't like this game as like on a fucking fundamental level because it is cruel to its characters beyond what is necessary to fulfill its fucking narrative device. But that's not important. What is important is that in Doki Doki Literature Club, you never play the real game. From frame one, Monica knows she's a video game character and is editing the game. Mm. You never get to play a game where you join a literature club and meet a nice girl and write poetry with her and, and fall in love. It's never the game. It's always the fourth wall breaking uh, uh, f spectacle that's using the game Doki Doki Literature Club as a prop in its game. What I love about Hot Awful Boyfriend is that it does not do that, that the dating sim is always real. Every piece of information you learn in the dating part is correct. The characters never break character. There's never a piece of lore that is disproven. And there's never a piece of lore in the ending that does not square with what we know from the beginning. And so fucking well written, well told, and well structured, and I love it for that. Anyway, that's my bit. I think there are so many fun moments um, in just the dating sim and like the way that um, characters are introduced or some of the quirky things that they say. Um, there's always like small, funny throwaway lines that you like are like, oh, that's cute. That's yeah. nice. Like, like um, Okasan uses wing attack in all caps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the story is really well done. Writing is really well done. Um, and so I, only, I don't have very many complaints about it outside of um, the length of yeah. time that like it took me to like get it <laughs> fair enough erica anything left before we go to final judgment time um i guess the one thing i'll say finally is that in a lot of games like this your player character doesn't have a lot of personality they just do what you tell them to do whereas um i really you really like hyoko and she's also so weird like she's always talking about her like barbarian instincts yeah she loves to like hunt and like there's lots of play in the game with the fact that she's really a lot larger and stronger than all of the birds yeah. around her so there's these nice inversions of like she's like the big strong like hottie on campus in some ways sometimes um and you know that just really makes you fall in love with her so yeah. that you really do feel it when she dies which is something that is i think above and beyond for a dating sim yeah and like one of the, one of the fun lines is that when ryuta is like sort of taken by the virus inside of him and he's gone crazy and he's like yeah i'm gonna kill everybody uh hyoko's ghost pops up and is like come on ryuta there's only room for one berserker class character in this story and it's like oh gosh what a what a what a card <laughs> and like she like, there's one bit that, like, she hands in her recorder instead of her home, her math homework one time, and that's mm -hmm. the reason she has to go to the, uh, to the room where she sees, like, the teacher and Dr. Shu arguing, and she has to take one of their sides. And just shit like that. Like, yeah, I totally believe that she would be like, time to hand in my math homework. Here is a musical instrument instead. Totally normal. On my way. And then realize later, like, fuck. Oh, I did it wrong. Yeah, she's like a lovable brute. <laughs> oh, what a character.
God, I love them all. I like, I truly love mm-hmm. them all. Was there any characters you guys did not like fall in love with a little bit? I thought Okasan was annoying. Fair. I mean, I just like Okasan's ending. Yeah. Like the the it's redeemable in that sense. <laughs> he is redeemable. Yeah. I mean, he's another he's he's another one of the joke characters who sees the truth of it from the beginning. Yeah. Like he is right to think that pudding is divine because he is the god of it. And so that's why uh, Okusan was one of the last ones that I did. Mm-hmm. Was just because there were other like in the immediacy more interesting characters. Yeah. All right. I think it's time for our, our final judgments. If you are not aware of our great rating scale, you can rate Hatsuko Boyfriend gloriously good, honestly okay, middlingly meh. Totally terrible. Or notably not for me. Eric, how do you rate Hot Level Boyfriend? Oh man, uh, this is a game that I probably wouldn't have played if it hadn't been for prompting from Tom. <laughs> and so I appreciate the uh, opportunity to like dive into this mad world. And so I would say gloriously good, um, knowing what you all know about where I was at with the game, that like I still thoroughly enjoyed it under a time crunch it it can be uh hard i don't know at what point you finish the game but like i had no idea it was so there were so many more things into it and so i was just taking like an hour a morning to like complete it Mm -hmm. and like you get into so many repetitious things that you're like am i doing this right um and so but the writing was really good again like a lot of the things that have already been shared um i did really enjoy it and I am planning on like completely finishing the game when I get back, mm-hmm. but not, um, but being prepared and making sure that I had like the relevant information as much as I could. Yeah, definitely was challenging. Erica, what is your final judgment? Um, I'm gonna have to go with gloriously good. Uh, it hits all of my boxes. Like it has this gory like foreboding gruesomeness it has some furry shit it's silly it's you know i love visual novels and dating sims as a format of like storytelling in Mm -hmm. games and even with my pacing concerns and some things about how the storyline was unveiled not being maybe as elegant as it could have been that's also kind of part of the joke like that's also part of the conceit of the game and i i can't lie like every time something was being revealed i was turning to nick my partner and being like oh my fucking god and he's got his liver in his body to kill people and nick's like what the fuck are you talking about is this real um and i loved it yeah god it really even when it gets to the deepest and darkest and like most twisted depths it never forgets that this is the bird dating game and is goofy as shit. Which is like, that's what makes the tone so fun. Like, Doki Doki Literature Club, I don't mean to come back to it, but I hate it and I'm going to shit on it constantly. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is uh, oppressive and and injurious to the player at all times. It never allows you a moment of, of respite. And every moment is worse than the one before. And... Hotful boyfriend. There's always that tone of like, we know, like we know this is a bird, like we're not gonna make we're we're gonna treat this with the most fucking seriousness that we can, but we're always gonna know that it's a bird, and it's always gonna be funny, even when it's not funny. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that they do that. That it takes itself so seriously, but it's not self-serious. Like mm-hmm. what? Like it's always funny 
but then it's always serious at the same time, like what's going on in the world. That's my favorite part about Triple X, too, so that makes sense. Oh my god, it's all coming together. <laughs> episode 1 to episode 40, Triple X, How to Fool Boyfriend, make it a double feature. <laughs> Man, I want to watch Triple X again. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's good as hell. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Eric and Erica, for joining me to talk about Hot Boyfriend. Thank you for playing Hot Boyfriend. I can't believe you actually did it. That's great, and I, I'm really glad that you both enjoyed it. Before we go, is there anything either of you would like to plug? Um, so um, I'm actually working on a podcast uh, called Dame's Eclectic Brain. It's with Damien Wilborn, who is a moth uh, storyteller and grand slam champion she does a lot of uh, performing across the country with the moth and so that'll be coming out sometime soon and so be watching for that on uh, your favorite podcasting places but it's called dame's eclectic brain cool erica um for my writing and general shit you can just check out my twitter or my medium erica d price uh with a k yeah that, that'll do. As for myself, I host and produce the co-created by Eric Ruel live new satire show, The Skewer, the first Wednesday of every month. It's fun. It's a podcast, too, on the podcast places. I also uh, produce and GM Shuffle Quest, a goofy actual play podcast where some D&D people travel to fictional universes and are very out of place and have adventures. Uh, you can find that anywhere a podcast might be. That's all from us. Thank you guys so much for being here. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See and like, ya. this is where the Hotful Boyfriend theme song oh, comes in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs>